CNN Plus launch this week, but with weak connected TV coverage, Nielsen was bought by private investors on the promise of staying number one in ad measurement, and the Oscar goes to Apple TV Plus. But will it help? this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon's voice that you just heard at the beginning. Hey, Colin from Endscreen Media. How's, how's everything? It's great, Will. A busy week this week. Uh, lots of data flowing in our industry this week. It was a very interesting report from Deloitte, and a bunch of other things happened. And we're kind of going to do a, a round of the horn this week rather than focusing on just one story, right? I think that's the plan, and um, the you're going to get us started with. Uh, we had finally the long-awaited launch of CNN Plus this week, and um, neither of us have sampled it, but we spent a lot of time looking at it and um, and seeing the programming that's available, and want to just give some initial reactions for how we think it fits in. Uh, sure, and yes, that's correct. CNN Plus launched. Uh, on March 29th, so you can subscribe to it. And uh, in fact, it's a pretty good deal this week, or at least uh, through April. And you can get it for 50% off the $5.99 regular subscription. And will that discount of 50%, they say, lasts for life. So as long as you're subscribed, you'll be paying half what everybody else does. Uh, so if that works for you, you should probably jump on that before the end of April. Uh, but uh, CNN Plus, it's, a, it's an interesting service, service. I think it's one of those services that is appropriately called Plus because it really is just an augmentation of CNN's broadcast channels. They're really targeting the hardcore CNN viewer, I think, with this service, Will, because it's not going to carry the, the CNN, regular CNN channel or headline news. It does have live live TV, live broadcasts, and it also has a bunch of new content, fresh content from all the people that you know and love on CNN Plus, uh, on CNN, including Anderson Cooper, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Poppy Harlow, Farid Zakaria, and I guess a bunch of other people will also be participating and providing content for that channel. Uh, so that's all to the good, but I got to tell you, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the coverage with the release because looking at the platforms that it released it released on i gotta tell you that i think probably most of the people listening to this broadcast listening to our podcast probably can't get it on their connected tv they do support apple tv and they do support amazon fire tv but that's really the only two major platforms the major connected TV platforms, that is, that it supports. And that means no Roku, no Android or Google TV support, no smart TV support with Samsung TV Plus and uh, LG, uh, and, and excuse me, with, the, with Samsung smart TVs and with LG smart TVs and no Vizio. So you probably can't get it on your connected TV. And this is a pretty big deal, Will, because just looking at the streaming media players, I was looking at some TV, TiVo video trends report data, and uh, about 30% of folks said that they use the Fire TV device. 
Uh, 29% said that they used a Roku stick or box and 18% said they used a Chromecast and 12% used another Android device. So, you know, really that's the majority of streaming media player folks can't get this. So I think this could be a big problem if they don't fix it in pretty short order. But in the short term, it's just going to be a lot of people who are going to be very dis- disappointed that they won't be able to get it on the device of choice. Well, in that sense, it seems almost, I mean, it seems almost a little more like a soft launch than a hard launch for CNN Plus because they don't have these deals yet in place. But I, I think it's probably reasonable to believe that they will end up striking deals with just about all these platforms, if not all of them. I think it's somewhat inevitable. Um, you know, we need to keep in mind that CNN, of course, is part of uh, Warner Media, which is going to be part of Warner Discovery. Um, which is going to be a big player in streaming and uh, also in advertising. So I think that it's likely that we'll see some those deals going forward. But I agree with you. I, I think I actually think CNN Plus is a smart move. Uh, it, it helps to um, real I think really build the brand, leveraging a lot of the names, as you said, that are already familiar to CNN viewers. So, you know, people like Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon, Wolf Blitzer, um, you know, these are names that are well-known, personalities that are well-known to CNN user, viewers. And, um, and this allows them, viewers, to get more of those, uh, more of those personalities. And I think it's relatively inexpensive programming to create also. It's all, of course, nonfiction. And, uh, you know, CNN, I think, like every network out there, is looking to build on its brand name in the streaming era and also try to maintain some share of the eyeballs. And, you know, to the extent that there's cord cutting going on and cord nevering going on, this is a nice opportunity for CNN Plus to have a place in the streaming world. CNN to have a place in the streaming world, I say. Yeah, it takes advantage of that old maxim uh, that your best new customers are your existing customers because really what CNN is doing here, what Warner Media is doing here is giving their best customers a way to spend more money with them and, uh, you know, bringing their, their, their big stars to the service certainly does that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on about this, this problem with CTV support will, but this stuff really must be driving customers crazy, must be driving streamers crazy because, it seems like we're stuck in this loop where you get a big launch like this and you know CNN viewers are going to be all excited about the opportunity to catch up with their with their favorite stars in this new medium and they probably can't they probably can't do it on their uh, smart TV today and that's going to be a big disappointment and I really don't see any hope for any change anywhere near in the ne- in the near future I know Anthony Wood, the Roku CEO, he's convinced that there's going to be consolidation in the TV platform in TV platform world, and he thinks that Roku is going to emerge as one of the one or two big TV platforms left. But I sure don't see it anytime soon. I don't see any sign whatsoever that Samsung or LG will sign up with a Roku or a Fire TV to run their te- televisions in the near future. And 
So, you know, for CNN Plus and for any other service, any other big service that's going to launch, it's just going to be a problem for, well, a permanent problem, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, permanent's a long time, but certainly I agree with you. It doesn't seem like in the short term, the fragmentation of CTV platforms is going to be uh, eliminated, much less probably well, reduced, much less eliminated. Um, so it is sort of a fact of life. But again, I think this is where CNN plus benefits by being a part of Warner Media and Discovery, because it's a larger company that has built apps, has the expertise uh, to work across platforms. And I think that's really going to be key for all content providers' success is uh, to be able to seamlessly work across all those different platforms. So uh, anyway, that was CNN Plus. I don't know if you had anything else on that or if we want to move on to our next story. Well, I, I, one comment just that you could be right, Will, with Discovery sort of taking over charge of the Warner Media assets. Uh, Discovery has had very smooth transitions with launches on CTV devices. So perhaps uh, they'll, bring, uh, they'll bring that sort of um, approach to the Warner Media properties as well, because Warner Media's had a very fractious relationship, right? HBO Max was very spotty. There was a big fight between HBO Max and Roku and uh, Fire TV, and now there's this problem with CNN Plus. So maybe maybe Discovery will be able to smooth the waters a little bit here, and uh, get those get those apps available on all the devices that they need to be available on. But yeah, that's probably enough on that one. But uh, there was another big, big deal this week with our friends at Nielsen, right? Yeah, well, um, Nielsen has been in the news for some time, having uh, investment firms interested in buying it out. And the deal was actually announced this week for, I think, about $16 billion. And Nielsen is, they are right in the middle (laughs) of one of the hottest topics in the industry right now, which is, of course, measurement and um, how ad dollars are allocated. So uh, Nielsen, of course, is the you know traditional currency in the industry, um, but has been uh, really criticized heavily, uh, primarily by the TV networks for undercounting audiences, given the way that they do their counts. And that escalated during COVID because, of course, people were home more watching, but um, networks didn't think that they were getting the full credit for that. So uh, anyway, this week, an announcement that Nielsen is going to be bought out um, kind of comes on the heels of other announcements about alternative currencies and measurement that NBC Universal and others are going to be engaging with in this upfront season. So... Um, you know, smart people acquiring Nielsen, they obviously still feel that there's value in Nielsen and uh, credibility in this streaming era. Yeah, do you, I wondered that, um, I think that Nielsen actually rejected a $15 billion offer a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of three weeks ago. They rejected, they rejected a $15 billion offer. And I'm wondering if the announcement by NBCU that they were going to be uh, running with iSpot TV as their main currency in the upfronts, um, I wonder if that sort of tipped the balance because they come back and accept 
a $16 billion offer, which is just, you know, I'm, I know it's a billion more, which sounds like a lot, but it's not, you know, in the, in the greater scheme of things, it's not that big a difference between 15 and 16 billion. I wonder if that sort of tipped the balance for Nielsen to get them to accept the deal because they felt like they were in a bit of a compromised position and even more so with the NBCU announcement. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I mean, possibly, I don't really know. And none of us will ever know those kinds of, you know, levels of details, but um, NBC Universal had been, you know, working with iSpot. I think it was well understood in the industry. Maybe it gave Nielsen just a little bit extra motivation um, to get their deal done. Uh, but there's a lot of momentum around alternative currencies, alternative measurement. Um, and so, you know, I don't think there's necessarily any one thing that would have brought the Nielsen deal to fruition. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know that one of the things that, that, that the investors that purchased Nielsen said in the in the press release that I saw, that they were very confident that Nielsen would be able to retain its uh, front runner status as being, quote, the voice of truth, you know, in 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 advertising in television advertising, whether it be digital or regular uh, TV. I'm not I'm not confident of that at all. When I talk to people in the industry, it looks more and more like there's not going to be a single voice of truth, that there's going to be multiple. Uh, NBCU certainly seems to confirm that with their approach, right? What do you think about that? I, I just don't see their I just don't see Nielsen regaining its um, its dominance in the measurement measurement uh, of TV advertising. Do you? Yeah, I agree. It's hard to see them regaining their dominance. And also to your point, um, it's going to be more of a fractured landscape and probably somewhat siloed going forward, at least for some period of time, uh, because everybody has their own preferred way of approaching this in sort of a post-Nielsen world. But Nielsen is a big player, um, you know, still more advertising is going to be bought using the Nielsen's uh, ratings than any other uh, as we go through the upfronts this year. So it's not like they're disappearing overnight, but I think to your point, they're uh, a long way away from reestablishing as the, as the, you know, predominant um, because there are so many new uh, approaches that are being built out now. Right. Right. Okay, well, so Colin, there was uh, one more topic, I think. Is that right? We want to do one more this week on the yes, podcast? Yes, there, there was. And I suppose we, we have to sort of talk about the Oscars. Now, uh, not we're not going to talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock. I think that's probably yeah. been hashed out enough <laughs> in the press. Uh, everybody's talking about that. But we want to talk about something else that happened, and that's the first Oscar for a movie from a streaming provider, right? Right, for best uh, best film, absolutely, Coda. Um, I think that's a milestone, actually, for Apple, well, for the industry, certainly, but for Apple TV Plus in particular and for Apple overall. Um, that's, a re- I think, a real source of validation for what they're doing. And certainly, you know, we're all aware of the programming, you know, shows like Ted Lasso that have performed extremely well for Apple TV Plus. But there's nothing like winning an Oscar or multiple Oscars and that uh, credibility that it confers. So, yeah, we 
I'd say kudos to the Apple TV Plus team and, um, you know, be fun to see what else comes out of their studio. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's kind of a surprise that it would be Apple TV Plus that would have actually be able to achieve this because, you know, the two of us have talked about Apple TV Plus a lot on the podcast and both of us, I think, have been a bit uh, down on the service um, that, that the fact that it creates great content like Coda, where it certainly does, I think is offset by the fact that the, the catalog is just not very deep. Uh, but yeah. maybe that's the strategy. Maybe they they want to keep this as a premium, a really premium option, and they're going to produce a thin catalog, but of really quality content. And as you say, they I think they've been doing a good job at creating content that is extremely good. Um, we you mentioned Ted Lasso, which has won won awards. Now they've got Coda, um, and everything that I've watched on there has typically been of extremely high quality, well acted, well produced and, and well executed. So that, that seems like maybe that, that they're going to stick with this, this approach. They're not really going to d- dive off into more mainstream stuff the way Netflix has and the way Prime Video has. Although I have to say that it still leaves me a bit mystified as to why they're getting into live baseball. And that starts on April 8th. They've got their first live Friday night baseball game starting on April 8th. Uh, and actually, that's a double header uh, with the, let's see, it's the New York Mets versus Washington Nationals. Uh, and then, um, well, I can't, I can't actually see which I think it looks like it's Los Angeles uh, and Houston Astros after that. So, I, I, how does this fit with this <laughs> this high end premium image that they're burnishing with things like Coda and Ted Lasso? I don't know. I mean, it's just I think a little bit of bonus content. You can't go wrong with broadcasting baseball and there were some rights available, so they stepped in and scooped them up. But, uh, you know, I think for all of these companies, the name of the game is trying to attract eyeballs and maintain share. And sports is sports is critical. So I don't think it's that big a deviation for um, Apple. It's not like they're, you know, broadcasting single A baseball or <laughs> some minor league kind of uh, games. Um, you know, it's still Major League Baseball. So I, I think it works for them. I don't know, Will, but does it work for viewers? This must be driving viewers up the wall. I, I suspect they feel like they're being pecked to death. You know, they have to go to, if they want to watch Thursday night football, they have to go to Amazon. If they want to watch Friday night baseball, they have to go to Apple TV. They have to keep their pay TV subscriptions because that's where most of the games are being broadcast. They also have to, you know, make sure they have access to their local games. Some of them need access to regional sports networks. If you want to watch, you know, live NHL games, this is this must be driving the average sport fan absolutely up the wall, don't you think? Well, it's a confusing, fragmented time that we're in, for sure. There's no question you're 100% right about that. Uh, and it's unlikely to get any more organized and, um, and cleaner from a viewer perspective anytime soon. It's, uh, it's a lot of, as we say, a lot of different companies chasing sports rights. So 
it's going to be all over the board. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I know it's making me a bit crazy. Uh, but, you know, the, Apple did one other thing, or at least is rumored to be considering doing something else, which actually might help Apple TV Plus out a lot. Um, one of the things that it, it's been quite difficult to do is to figure out how many subscribers there are to Apple TV Plus. And one of the ways that people had been getting it at first was that it was been being bundled for free with new purchases of Apple devices. Now, I think that that might, I think that actually there is still a, a free period for people that buy Apple, new Apple devices. But there was a rumor service this surface this week that Apple was actually thinking about leasing devices rather than selling them to consumers. So you just pay a monthly lease for your device. And that this would possibly include a bundle of services, including Apple TV Plus. Uh, so I, I don't know if if Sorry. Apple were to launch this, I've got to believe that there'd be a lot of people who would go for it because, I mean, for goodness sake, they're probably buying new Apple phones every couple of years anyway. Why not just lease it? And if you get Apple TV Plus bundled in with that, then, you know, there's more reason for you to, to be on a lease plan rather than a buy, right? I agree. I, I think it would be a very smart move for them. It certainly would be a big boost to Apple TV Plus. So, um, you know, as you said, just a rumor. We don't want to get carried away. But interesting if they were to do it. Yeah, with these and with these approaches, I always wonder it might it might help their subscriber numbers. It might boost their subscriber numbers, but will it do anything for engagement with the content? I, I don't know, Will. I'm, I'm really skeptical of, you know, the same approach uh, that Disney's, Disney's, Disney's been taking that approach with Disney Plus and the Disney Bundle. And I'm just not sure stoking the number of subscribers in this way really helps with engagement in the service and actually grows the viewership and builds buzz for the service. I think it's just, you know, a way of a quick way of goosing the number of subscribers to keep uh, to keep investors happy. That may be, uh, you know, I think getting access on it, you know, your iPhone included with your iPhone is certainly going to encourage some sampling. So it seems like there's some upside there. Um, so I don't know. It, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so lots of news there for Apple TV Plus and it uh, should be interesting to see uh, if Apple, how Apple develops the service going forward. Absolutely. And I think that might be all we're going to cover this week, Colin. Is that right? I think so. Okay, very good. Well, good conversation. And thanks, everyone, for listening in on this week's version of Inside the Stream. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of in-screen media and video news. All rights reserved.